Success in the New Retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. Well, if you caught the last episode of Success in the New Retirement, you learned key number four in Damon and Matt's book, Fees Really Do Matter. Welcome back here with Damon and Matt. I'm Jennifer Perry. And guys, it was interesting the things that uh, you were able to break down for us, maybe the things we didn't understand, like, for instance, you are paying fees on your 401k, whether you realize that or not. There are a lot of layers of hidden fees there. But today, we're going to talk about the real costs. What are you paying? What's reasonable? What's not? And Wall Street's pushed, too, for lower fees. But uh, first of all, guys, I know you've been walking people through retirement questions over the years, and uh, a lot of times that includes a portfolio or a 401k analysis what are some of the worst and kind of most inexcusable fees that you've seen on certain products over the years? I would say the most egregious one are your variable annuities. Okay. Um, for sure. For sure. They, I mean, I've had people come in and they've done everything they're supposed to do. They, they have no debt on their home. What they were seeking was safety of their investments and they've put it in there and they've got, and I've had somebody come in with four or five variable annuities with almost all their money in that type of investment, which we all know is, is not good to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. But then, then when we go through the fees and we'll do a lot of times what we call an annuity stress test. So we'll outline exactly for that particular annuity, what's the actual fees, et cetera. And we got done with looking at that and I showed them their fees and like, oh my gosh, this is more expensive than any mortgage we've ever had huh. in our entire life. Really? A and mortgage payment that high? Yeah, wow. Yeah, that high because your average variable annuity is 3.65%. And that's your average. So you've got some, I've seen some that are five, you know, and yeah. how do you make any money when you're paying 5% to someone else? I mean, the market has to be fantastic every year and it's not. Right. But yeah. not only that, I mean, even you could make some money, but if they're taking 5%, there's no way that you're going to keep up with the market. It's not like that yeah. fund is going to outperform the market 5% year over year, which means you're setting yourself up to underperform forever. Yeah. And uh, speaking of variable annuities, guys, I mean, those basically contain mutual funds. Would you be better off just having a traditional mutual fund kind of portfolio rather than one of those products then? Well, it kind of depends on what your purpose is. So again, you know, an annuity, it's important to understand why you would ever choose an annuity inside of a financial plan. So an annuity is very efficient in producing income. So if someone is designing a financial plan, looking at their stuff and they're going, hey, Social Security only covers 50% of my income needs. I want some other streams of income that I'm not going to outlive, that I can have some security and guarantees with and that I can build into my plan, then oftentimes looking at annuity strategies can be a wise choice because of how efficient they create income. And when I say that, what I mean is you can get more income out of an annuity than you would a, a stock portfolio. Okay. And so again, if the goal is income, go to the thing that's going to generate more income. And so the reason that people turn to these variable annuities in some cases is because that was their primary objective. The problem is, is a variable annuity has mutual funds, it has rider charges, it has management costs, it has mortality risk charges, all of these fees. And when they stack on top of it, it becomes really, really expensive. Hmm. So it's not that the annuity strategy was the problem. It was the variable annuity and all of the fees was the problem. And so there's plenty of annuities out there that you can find that are extremely low cost, less than 1%. There's some that are free. Some have no charges or cost to them. Some protect 100% of your money, all of these different things. And so the key is understanding 
what the purpose is and trying to find a solution that's cost effective. And people are becoming more aware of the cost. But again, the insurance companies are just like Wall Street. If you get a prospectus for a variable annuity, they're like 200 to 300 pages long. You know, good luck wow. trying to yeah. read through all of that stuff <laughs> and trying to figure out what you're paying in fees, right? Yeah. And I'm surprised at how many advisors out there, if you say, hey, what kind of fees are on this product? A lot of them don't even know. They haven't done the research either. Huh. And so but they're, they're recommending. Hmm. But, yeah, well, well, I'm sure yeah. they know what they get paid on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, again, it's important to do your due diligence and then build a plan where you can get the what you're trying to accomplish at the lowest cost possible. Absolutely, guys. And uh, I want to dive into this a little bit more today because, uh, again, variable annuities, if you have one, you might want to find out what the fees are actually like and dig into the fine print on that. But even say your 401k, actually, uh, Tony Robbins, who's a motivational speaker and an author, I think you guys brought this to my attention a few years ago. He went to Wall Street and he actually quizzed Mm -hmm. some 401k managers. The people who were actually working there on Wall Street, working within these products, didn't even know that they were paying fees on their 401k. You want to talk about shocking? I think that was one of the more interesting interviews we heard over the years, right? Yeah, it's surprising. And again, I mean, just like most people that go and work for their employer, they don't take the time to do the research on that part, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's day one of, a, of employment. You're getting signed up for this thing and you're more focused on figuring out how your laptop works and who your boss is going <laughs> to yeah. be and how you can make sure that you keep your job. Exactly. So the last thing on your mind is, well, let's take you know two hours and let's research my investment strategies and what fees I'm paying. So it is shocking that someone in the financial industry would think that they're not paying a bunch in fees. But, you know, human nature is we kind of avoid and don't think about some of that stuff. And so uh, at the end of the day, maybe it isn't as surprising as as you would think. But maybe you should be looking into this because as Tony Robbins explained on CNBC, every single percentage point really matters. Jack Bogle uh, was a mentor of mine and a dear friend and God rest his soul, beautiful man. And he used to say, the only thing you get in investing is what you don't pay for, right? And he said, you know, the average person doesn't know that 1% more in fees than you should be paying is 10 years because of compounding of fees, 10 years of retirement income you gave up. Interesting when you put it into a time perspective versus a percentage, right, guys? It feels a lot worse to say I gave up 10 years of retirement income versus it's only 1%. Right. Well, let's put it into right. this. That means essentially you're working 10 years longer, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine, you know, you're sitting there, you're going, man, it would be awesome if I could be retired in five years. But yet, because your portfolio is inefficient, it's like, well, you're probably going to work, you know, another 15. So How does that feel? Instead of 62, <laughs> you're <laughs> right. looking at 70s. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's miserable. Yeah. So, you know, again, it pays to take the time to figure some of that stuff out. If you think about how much time you would either be wasting working and missing out on some of those good retirement years or how you know much less your money is going to go and how much you're going to have to cut back on the budget to make up for those inefficiencies. And uh, that's the thing, guys. We all want our time in retirement. We want to stretch our dollars further. So when you do a stress test for someone on their portfolio, what are you typically finding? Are most people paying too much for what they're investing in? I think people are paying a lot more than they think. And some of them are paying more and, and some of them aren't. But definitely people are, are paying a lot more than they think they're paying. And there's almost always a lot of inefficiencies because of 
you know, just, you know, putting your head down and working and they're, they're investing in things and not taking that time to really look at the efficiencies. And so you, they're like, they're doing the right things. They're saving, they're doing that, but they're not spending the time to look at their portfolios and be efficient. So it's, they're there and it, it's easy to find. And, and most people are surprised by it. But sure. I think the, the more important question is, is are you getting value? So it doesn't, again, you could obviously go in and do your own investing by yourself sure. and you could go and pick funds and you could pick the lowest ones. But you might have too much risk. You might not have a you know a diversified portfolio. You might get exposed to the next market crash. Yep. And having an advisor or someone that was helping you avoid some of that stuff, there could be a lot of value with that. And there might be an extra cost to that. You'd be paying someone to give you investment advice. But it, if it ends up getting you better returns or helps you protect more of your assets or make your money last longer um, because of the value that's being added by that advice, mm-hmm. well, then it's worth the money you paid for it. So again, we've all went and bought the cheap knockoff of some product, right? Mm -hmm. And we said, oh, I'm going to save money. I'm not going to buy the brand name thing. And we get it home, we use it, and it breaks in 10 seconds. And we're like, okay, I guess I should have bought the real thing. Right. Well, you didn't really get value. You saved money buying it, but you didn't really get value because you ended up going back to the store, returning it, buying it again, or going and buying the real thing. Mm -hmm. So always be asking the question, are you getting value? Again, if you're getting good investment advice that's costing you a little bit more, but it's protecting, it's reducing some of the risk that you have in your portfolio, it's diversifying you, it's helping you create a more thorough financial plan, it's getting you better returns, all of those things add up. And so you could be getting your money's worth. So don't just look for the cheapest option. That's not always the way to go. You really need to say, you know, where am I benefiting the most? How am I going to grow my money the best? And what are the strategies I should be looking at? And what advice should I be taking to accomplish that? Do you guys have to kind of fight off this misconception among people that uh, it's going to be a lot more expensive to use an advisor? Going back to your point about value here, you do so much more for people than just look at their investment returns and help them maximize those. You're helping to reduce their downside risk, looking at tax strategies, estate planning, all these different issues, but do you have to kind of overcome some of those objections on that first visit? Absolutely. And, And it's about education. You know, and, and that's how we've always tried to run our business is to help people understand what they're doing and see where they're at so that then they can make good decisions about going forward and asking them questions like, you know, OK, if you had two portfolios and they're both doing seven percent, but one of them will do it with half the risk and less cost than you're currently paying, which do you want? And that's always an eye opener. They're sure. like, well, duh, right? yeah, easy I want answer. this one. Okay. All right. Well then let's look at your portfolio and let me show you how the, here are some inefficiencies that you're accepting. And here's, you know, here's what they look like individually so that they can see it, feel it, touch it, understand it. And then they're like, Oh, okay. I want to do something different. And then people are, have no problem with hiring an advisor because, you know, they work for a living and people hire them to do what they do because they provide that value. And as soon as they can see the value, then there isn't usually a problem. Yeah. Well, I think it's being intuitive with things. So again, there's advertisements right now where there's no commission funds and no expense ratio. Yeah, funds. Seeing a lot of those. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's saying not only do you can you trade them and there's no cost but the actual fund has no cost to it. 
Well, you have to kind of say, well, where in the world am I paying for this? Because they're Wall not Street doing does this nothing for free. <laughs> right. They're well, not he doing goes out, back to the, old the goodness of their soul. And, you know, again, it goes back to just understanding what truly are the costs of those different funds. So, again, there's a lot of people that think, oh, I'm not going to hire an advisor. But yet they go out and buy mutual funds. And Morningstar has done study and the average mutual fund is between 1.5 and 1.7% in total costs. Well, you could find an advisor that's charging you less in fees, that's using funds that aren't on the mutual fund labels and don't have those extra costs to them. And you could be saving money even though you thought you were actually doing the more inexpensive approach. So again, pull back the layers. Well, again, you've got to recognize that Wall Street has spent billions of dollars trying to protect their revenue streams from visibility so they can continue to charge those things and people are unaware and don't question those. And so do your due diligence to find out what those fees are. And again, the information's never been easier. It's right at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. But Wall Street continues to try to hide that in layers and layers of information so you never dig deep enough. Or you don't know what to look for. Yeah, there's the other issue, guys. And I think that's the value in what you bring to the people that you work with, especially those who are maybe invested in different things, 401ks, things like the variable annuities that you mentioned earlier. Maybe they're going through some of these newer options that Wall Street's thrown at us, but you really break down the facts for them. And you made a pledge to your clients a couple of years back to really look at how to help make things more fee efficient. You guys were well ahead of Wall Street on this issue. Well, one of the things that's changed that we, you know, uh, Tony Robbins mentioned Jack Bogle. Jack Bogle founded Vanguard Mm -hmm. and their whole thing was let's create low cost ETFs or an exchange traded fund that are just a basket of a bunch of different stocks. There's not a bunch of people trying to pick different stocks. They just say, let's just get the whole basket and we'll ride with that segment of the market um, based on what all of those companies do, not just two or three of them or 200 of them or 30 or 40 or 50. And so that was his philosophy. And so ETFs have exploded. There are more ETFs today than we've ever seen. They're continuing to be added all the time. Well, the advantage that an ETF has is they're extremely low cost. And so you're not having a lot of these inefficiencies. You're not paying for some smart person to try to pick the best stocks. You're, you're diversifying across all of them. And so that's been an industry change. And a lot of people have been reluctant to adopt that. But our portfolios are made up of ETFs. Again, they're super efficient. Again, our philosophy is if we can keep the costs as low as possible, it's going to pass on better returns for our clients. And so that's one of the changes that's happened in the industry. It will continue to to morph over time. But trying to reduce the internal cost of the investments is key. And we committed to our clients that as technology advances, what typically happens is the cost of doing business will go down. And so we actually lowered our fees about a year and a half ago, went to our clients and said, look, we can still do what we need to do and we could do it at a lower cost. And the industry is moving towards becoming, you know, there's less fees. And so we are, we'll move in that direction as we can and pass that on rather than just give ourselves a raise every time. Yeah, what a refreshing difference, guys, in the financial industry. But uh, again, Wall Street and the marketing machine, they're really good at hiding these fees. So if you're wondering about some of the terms to look for and all that fine print, or if you want to find out more about Damon and Matt's process, you can always find us online. Request a free chapter of the book, Success in the New Retirement, through our website at successinthenewretirement.com. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? 
check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.